Jerry. Hey, Rick. Hi, Jerry. I don't know why it didn't work the first time, but it worked this time, and that's the most important thing. Because you normally call me. I did. I mean, I did it the exact same way. You did the exact same way? Yeah. What the? I don't know. This anchor thing. What what just happened? Did you get a... Did it ring, or how did you know to pick up? I went to my profile, and I saw a invitation from you. Oh. Normally, it rings like a phone call. Huh. I mean, I did it the... Yeah, I did it the exact same way. I'm not sure. That's huh. weird. I had a challenge with Bowser. I don't... I don't know. Some... It's got to be some kind of setting. I would imagine. I... Yeah. Figure out. Anyway. So how's this week going as far as... Rewarding. Rewarding has been it's been it's been interesting to consider to think about what's rewarding for me, what's rewarding for other people. Mm. How might that motivate, influence um, myself and others around me? Yeah. What? So what are you what are you learning about yourself? What are you learning about others? Well, I'm learning that. Um, well, I like the the definition which is satisfying, gratifying, pleasing, fulfilling, enriching, worthwhile, productive, fruitful. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big productive guy. I like, I like checking boxes off of my to-do list. That makes me feel, that, that makes me feel like a, a rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the converse of that is I often feel frustrated and overwhelmed when those don't get checked off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's rewarding for you to have a task list that you're, that you, you look at that task list and then you assess, I, I did good today knocking off X number off the task and you find that rewarding. Yes. And I do bad, or the day is much lower in my rating when my task list got longer, not shorter. Sure. And then, and with a coworker that doesn't find that rewarding, um, I could see the frustration that you might experience if a if a coworker finds something rewarding like. Um, the first thing that's coming to mind is like a, you know, a deep, meaningful conversation with somebody Yeah, that that takes a long time. Yeah. And and you're watching them have this deep conversation, compromising a bunch of things they could have checked off their task list. That's a great example because I feel like I experience that almost daily. And where I found um, my leadership not doing well is when I overlook that person's desire and ability, a desire to have a rewarding, deep conversation in the middle of work. Sure. Just focus on the productivity and get frustrated. And then it ends up just frustrating both of us as opposed to, well, at least letting one person find a rewarding experience through a, a conversation. 
so the tension between two coworkers, two it could be a volunteer organization, two people in the church. Yeah. That uh, two uh, peers, <laughs> two, two peers that if you don't know what they find rewarding, um, which again goes from a leadership standpoint, it's really again interesting how how much you need to be self-aware, like what you what what is Rick find rewarding so you need that self-awareness and then it's also critical it seems critical to me to be aware of what um, somebody else finds rewarding yeah for sure because then you can if you don't understand that which i have not in the past i focus more on productivity than people and that has that has um not been a good place to influence that's been the opposite of, of influencing well so yeah i think it's critical that you understand what's rewarding for your coworkers and your team so that together you can move forward as opposed to just focusing on your own needs and you can yeah maybe help maybe it helps also recognize that how you communicate with a coworker might be i, I realize that you're really good at this and uh, you know it brings a lot of value to you when you're when you're engaging clients relationally you're really good at it sam and i know that you know it, it's incredibly rewarding for you and while i don't want to deprive you of that reward that experience there's a list over here of 10 things that you know i need you to uh, dig in, focus on, I know it's not going to be as rewarding for you to knock these 10 tasks off. However, I need them done so I can do my job or whatever. Right. I'm pondering, I'm pondering how that works in also in the home. Huh? You know, if you're if you're doing something, if your spouse um, or your kids are doing something that they find rewarding, that's in conflict with something that you find rewarding. Yeah, it doesn't go well anywhere, does it? It does. It does not go well. It does not go well. And I think that's where the having the self-awareness of that um, personally and being willing to put your, essentially put your desires aside and focusing on the other person is I think where unity can be built. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about rewarding um, for a... Gosh, somebody that's very different. You, Rick, I mean, just different from you, the person, myself, or anybody. And so if you, um, if you're, if you're good at, um, if you're good at, at uh, framing or drywall, like you're, you're really good at it. Um, something 
something manually difficult, you know, something that takes a lot of energy and you find it like, you find it very rewarding for when you're, when you're slinging these sheets of drywall <coughs> and mud in the walls. And I mean, it's physically exerting and you find that rewarding. Like, like you, you may not want to tell that many people that because, you know, you, you may not want to tell that many people how much, uh, how rewarding it is for you to be fully immersed in this physical heavy lifting activity. However, if you have a coworker or a new employee that is not um, competent yet, um, and so they're they're reluctant to, you know, aggressively grab the sheets of drywall and exert themselves because it's not the exertion; it's they just don't they're just not uh, competent yet. And I could see you thinking that that person's really lazy. They just don't want to do mm -hmm. it, Rick. I mean, they're not motivated. Um, they're just, uh, you know, they're, they're these, and then you define them. They're, they're the millennials or they're lazy or they're this. And you tag them something that um, is different from yourself. Like you're superior and wonderful over here and they're less than over here. And, and it's the reality is that they're just not comfortable or confident. They're not lazy. And you right. find it very rewarding to be engaged in this physical exertion. Um, but you don't want to tell too many people that because it's hard work. And so you say things like, well, I just got to get it done. Somebody's got to get it done. But the reality is you actually enjoy it like deep down. Mm -hmm. Deep down, you're competent at it and you enjoy it. It's very rewarding for you. And um, I, I believe that most of the people that, that we call lazy are just not competent at that task yet and or they're not in, uh, they, they don't have a vision for themselves, their careers, or this short-term, this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that you just said stood out to me is I feel like competency is directly correlated with your feeling of, of reward in accomplishing a task. And so, for example, I feel most um, – I feel like my, my job is most rewarding when I'm able to do the things that I feel like I'm good at on a daily basis. And I feel like my job is a drag – when day in and day out, I'm not able to to use my skills and talents in a meaningful way. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm thinking I'm pondering about competencies. If you're not if you're not good at something. Um, like, like you just said, if you're, if you're not competent at something, it's hard to, um, it's hard to look at how rewarding it is when, when you're not accomplishing, um, what you want to accomplish. So 
you know, physical fitness might be a terrible example, but it's one that I'm going to use right now is that if you've not been on a treadmill or been into the gym to do any cardio for the past 10 years and you go to the gym and whether you're, you're self-motivated to get on a treadmill or you've got a trainer and you got on the treadmill and the trainer says something like, see if you can go 20 minutes. And like in the first three or four minutes, you're just dying. The, what you and I would say, what you and I could say to that person is, um, Hey, be satisfied that you got three minutes, be satisfied that you showed up. And yet that's not the narrative that that person's telling themselves. Probably. Mm-hmm. What I, what, when I'm in that situation, what I tell myself is that I'm embarrassed. This just validates that I'm out of shape. This is, this is my story, my narrative that I tell myself. Uh, I'm embarrassed. Everybody else here can do it better than me. Like it's not rewarding for me. It's embarrassing for me. And, and so to engage that person and to say to them, um, you know, could you, Sam, you know, see that your three minutes today is better than not showing up today? And can you, can you see that as a win? Can that be, can that three minutes be rewarding for you? Um, do you see this drywall that you, you, that you hung and you taped and mudded, um, while we need to redo it because it's not good enough for the client? (laughs) Well, but can you see that you tried and when you try next time, it'll be a little bit better. Like we might have to redo it again next time, but um, do you see how you trying is pointing you in the, that's getting you a trajectory of being able to do this well eventually. Yeah. And so for your kids, if Jude is, um, if Jude is, is, uh, is not cleaning his room, like it's a task that he doesn't want to do. He doesn't like to do this. This probably isn't fair. If Sam doesn't want to, if Sam, your child doesn't clean his room, um, how might you as a leader engage him to, to, um, as a leader of your children, as a parent, how might you engage him to see if, if you could figure out some, some, something about cleaning the room that Sam could find rewarding? Mm-hmm. What, might, what might that look like? You're, you're a yeah. dad with three boys. That's a great question. Um, cause I think that, you know, the default mm-hmm. is do it cause I said so, which is a, uh, I'd say a shallow way to get something accomplished, um, versus trying to help them see maybe a bigger picture or, um, incentivize them through some type of allowance system or, or, you know, inspire them somehow how, and, and help them see how, what a clean room does. Sure. For, you know, the well-being of his, of his so, mother. So as you're, as you're saying that, I'm thinking um, of a compliant child or a compliant coworker that might just do the task because it's rewarding for them to uh, do what they're told to do from an authority figure. So if, if Sam, mm-hmm. a coworker, 
if you say, Hey, just do it. Cause I said to do it and he's compliant and he, uh, he feels rewarded when he uh, serves authority figures, when he does what he's told to do. You know, one of the things I like about Sam is he always does what he's told to do. Well, one of the reasons that Sam might do that is because it's rewarding for him to follow the, uh, the authority figure. But if you have, if you have a non-compliant yeah. coworker or non-compliant child like me, and, and you say, <laughs> do it because I said to do it, I find, you know, that I don't find it rewarding to, um, to do what I'm told to do by, a, by an authority figure. So from a leadership standpoint, you could still muscle that employee and say, well, I'm going to fire you if you don't do it. Right. However, it seems a lot healthier and long term if you could get in, if you could engage with Sam and say, oh, and for find sure. out what, what, what does he find rewarding about cleaning his room? What does he find rewarding about cleaning his office? You know, what might he find rewarding? Well, and I think one way to figure that out is to observe people's actions. So someone might even not know what's rewarding to them, but if you observe what they naturally do or end up gravitating towards, you can start to perceive uh, uh, what is rewarding for them. So let's flesh that out a little bit. So if it's your coworker's a slob and his office is a pigsty, then using using um, the contact or context that you just said, what what might you do as a leader to engage them? To not be a pig? Yeah, it's a pigsty. Like their 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 yeah. office is disgusting. Their cubicle is disgusting. So you somehow need I mean, so I would say their proclivity is not cleanliness. So how do you inspire them to do something that's against or not uh And so I think that comes back to helping them either see a grander vision or incentivize uh, such a, so they're, they're looking at the incentive, therefore can plow through the task now, and find the rewarding thing at the end. I just had a little, uh, I heard most of that. There was a, the, the cell service kind of dropped you a little bit, but what, what does proclivity mean again? 